On this episode of What's the Secret Podcast, I'll be interviewing Facebook marketing expert Bob Rignaris. Bob is the co-founder of Feed Stories and also the co-author with Perry Marshall of the soon-to-be-released Ultimate Guide to Facebook Marketing, which is due out this summer. It's a new version of that very popular Facebook Marketing Guide book. He's also written several other books. He's worked with a lot of clients from Miracle Ear to Dartmouth University to Dan Kennedy to Bill Glazier. And one of the reasons I was so excited to have Bob on the show is because we're starting to implement Facebook ads in my businesses. And when I asked around and said, who should I talk to about this? Bob's name came up a lot. He's one of the premier go-to guys when it comes to Facebook marketing. And so I was really excited to have him on the show. I got to ask him a lot of great questions. In this episode, you're going to discover, you know, what's working right now with Facebook ads, how to create a powerful story to accelerate your sales. You're going to see how to adjust your ad strategies for a down economy, right? With everything that's going on in the world, what are the adjustments you can make? Uh, also, what to do if you're on a budget? How do, you, how do you pull your story out of your marketing messages and turn that into high-performing ads? Bob and I talk about that. We also talked about what are the key performance indicators you should be looking for in your campaigns. And also, if you could only do one thing this week, what would he recommend that our listeners do to increase their Facebook ad skills? Bob held nothing back. He revealed all, and I reveal all, in my free e-guide, The Milk It Method, how to turn your idea, skill, knowledge, or product into a huge cash cow. Inside The Milk It Method, I reveal my four-step strategy for building a seven-figure online business. If you want to grab your copy of The Milk It Method, just head over to tomgaddis.com forward slash secret. And now let's join in with Bob Rignaris. Tired of being at the mercy of your job? Tired of watching your hard work fill someone else's bank account? Want control of your time and lifestyle? Well, if you want the real secrets, the gurus won't tell you of how ordinary people, just like you and me, can create thriving businesses that deliver financial and lifestyle freedom, you're in the right place. Aloha, my name's Tom Gaddis, and welcome to What's the Secret Podcast. Aloha, Bob Rignaris. Welcome to What's the Secret Podcast. So excited to have you here. Excited to be here. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I've been looking forward to this episode all week long because uh, I recently have just started to tackle the beast of Facebook advertising and running ads. So uh, welcome to the dark side. Yeah, I was like, this is going to be great. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Bob is a Facebook marketing expert. He actually has a book coming out later this year with Perry Marshall, The Ultimate Guide to Facebook Ads. Can't wait for that. And uh, we're really excited to have him here on What's the Secret Podcast. Well, I'm so glad to be on, Tom, and so glad to hear you're taking the dive into Facebook advertising. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> well, Bob, maybe you can tell the What's the Secret listeners a little bit about your background. I know you got started in digital marketing back in 1998. Maybe you just give us a brief little overcap, and then we'll dive right into the, to the meat of this podcast. Yeah, that uh, the experience number keeps going up every year, and it's re more rapid uh, every every year. But uh, I've I've realized I've been in uh, direct marketing for 22 years. Uh, prior to that, I was in technology. I graduated from college with a computer science and business analysis degree. So I did my time in corporate America for a few years, uh, learned the ins and outs of that, and just 
and pretty much I'd say within the first six months after graduating, realized I, I eventually want to be on my own. I, I don't want to be in corporate America anymore. Um, I, I tend to not do well when given a lot of rules. So as most entrepreneurs who are listening to this can attest, um, it's scarier to be on your own, but it's heck of a lot more fun. So in uh, 1998, I got my first website client. And when you do websites for people, one of the first things they ask when you're done is they say, uh, can you get me traffic? And like a good entrepreneur, I lied. And uh, I said, I could do that for you. And I set out on a journey to figure out how to do it. So I, I became a, a voracious uh, learner of marketing and followed some of the early pioneers and uh, started uh, reading and following people like Dan Kennedy and so forth and, and just got really involved in direct marketing. And it, it really has served me well throughout my career. I, I found I have a knack for it. And as I said before, I kind of stay on top of what's next and, you know, what's new, what's up and coming. And I, I started doing uh, pay-per-click advertising back when it was called goto.com and overture.com. Um, then I transitioned to Google AdWords. And then when I moved, uh, when I was doing Google AdWords, Facebook came along. Facebook's advertising platform was quite uh, infantile and actually didn't work. And it really didn't start working till about 2012, 2013, which is when I really got uh, seriously into it. And it's, of course, now uh, a staple. It's a medium that everybody uses, you know, Google, Facebook, just the big uh, behemoths. And so, um, I, you know, Facebook is such a... I used to say it's a it's kind of a young mechanism or young media, and now it's really become very mature. It's a lot of advertisers and most companies that are looking to reach a wide consumer base have to be on Facebook these days. Yeah, you know, Facebook is like one of those places where I think when you when you talk about running paid ads, that's like where most people think the action is. I know at least that is for me, right? But what what has been the I guess the thing that's held me back from Facebook ads is they it seems like they make it so simple but like we tried to run some ads and then we run into problems like accounts get shut down ads get banned like they're not approved and it's you feel like you're like banging your head against the wall um, how do you kind of like like what's the best way somebody can get something set up I guess in the beginning and and avoid that as much as possible or is that just a something that happens when you start getting into that platform? Well, typically you won't run into trouble like that if you're not pushing the envelope. So I think what people have to understand is Facebook, their number one concern is not that you as an advertiser makes money. They're most concerned about their users having a really, really good experience. So they are the judge, jury, and executioner of all things, right? They control their platform. So if you try to skirt the rules, if you try to push the envelope, they're not going to have tolerance for you no matter how much money you're spending. Um, Google is the same way, by the way. Um, here's, here's some things that get a beginning advertiser in trouble is um, what we call over-personalization. Now, if you studied copywriting in any form, right, you're supposed to cater your copy to the individual. You're supposed to use a lot of you terms and really speak one-on-one. -on -one. Well, that's kind of a no-no on Facebook. They want you to actually 
make it appear that you're not trying to market to Tom. <laughs> they they want they don't want you to call things out about you, Tom, that might freak you out, like that you live in Maui, right? Or that you owe that you host a podcast or you know, a number of different things like that. Overpersonalization is one area where people get confused and go, Well, why did my ad get shut down? Well, it's because he used the word you too many times. The other trap is if you try to do what we call traditional landing page or squeeze page marketing, when you send a user to your website and there's not a lot for that user to do other than leave their email address, that's not a good experience for the Facebook user when they leave. So Facebook doesn't like, by the way, that people have to leave their platform, but when they do, they want to ensure that the landing page is of good quality. So if you're missing anything like a privacy policy link, if you don't have links to other pages in your site, if you don't have a lot of content, uh, Facebook is going to shut that ad off and say, hey, it's not a high quality ad. And they may go to the extreme of saying, well, I'm going to put you in Facebook jail. Um, so I, you know, obviously we'd have to look at your particular situation, but typically those are the things that beginning advertisers make uh, mistakes where you kind of get put in Facebook jail early on. Yeah, that you know, I didn't know that. I didn't know the thing about you, right? Like, <laughs> and that is like that like seems so odd. Like, why would just talking about you like get right. in trouble? But so that's that's a really good that's a really good solid tip. I know um also too, I guess, with you know, with Facebook ads and especially with kind of what's going on right now, like as we're recording this interview, obviously we're in the middle of you know, the pandemic and the shutdown and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, I would imagine that, that the strategies have to be adjusted when you're looking to run any kind of paid ads versus, you know, when things are going great and when, when things are kind of uh, constricting. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Let our listeners know, like, what are some of the, you know, what are some of the things they should be adjusting and looking for if they're going to start running ads or continue to run ads uh, with what's with what's happening now in the economy. Sure. It all comes down to it. Al it always comes down to copy and creative. Uh, you know the mechanics of a Facebook ad. Uh, I, I had an opportunity a few years ago to go visit Facebook headquarters, and it was kind of a surreal experience for me because the people sitting around me had like million, two million, five million, ten million dollar a month ad budgets. They were large brands. You would recognize every one of them that I rattled off. So I'm in this room uh, because I I was with a startup that kind of went um, like it, it went like to the to the stars and we had a really good experience. So I got invited to this meeting. Well anyway, every every platform like Instagram, Facebook, um, and uh, the newsfeed vice president, like all these VPs, they had really large titles, were all there. And it was just very surreal to sit in that room and hear about kind of what's going on with Facebook, some insider stuff, and what's going to be happening. One of the most enlightening things that was uh, said by the vice president who's in charge of the newsfeed was, I'm sorry, in charge of the ad platform was, there's, there's three things that really make your ad attractive to a user. Number one is that you get the targeting right, so it's your audience. Number two, you get the bidding right, you know, to, to make sure that the ad is actually seen. And the third thing is the creative. Now, here's the secret sauce. Facebook 
can automate your audience much better than an audience you could create on your own. Facebook also could automate bidding much better than you could do on your own. But the one thing they said that they cannot automate and control is the creative. So we might we might obsess over selecting an audience and trying to get all the dials right in an ad. When in reality, the thing that drives most of the response, it's, it's over half of the response, is what you say in your creative. It's the image you show and it's the words that you say. So messaging and match are always things that we look for in marketing. So it'd be really, um, what word do I want to use? Let's just say it'd be really stupid right now to be advertising blind to what's going on in the economy. Now, there's a lot of industries right now, Tom, that are just absolutely killing it uh, in a very good way. I have clients in the food industry, uh, spe uh, specifically home food delivery, just through the roof. I mean, we we literally just put an ad up and the leads are just flying in you know, to, to my clients. I have clients that are in other industries that are completely dead. <laughs> you know, restaurants are basically just takeout. Now, if I was, let's say, a guru to the to the restaurant industry, and I'm running ads about how to run a profitable profitable restaurant, and how to you know fill your rooms up, and like it's it's not a match right right now. I need to run an ad about how to keep your restaurant open in this difficult time, you know, how to do curbside delivery and how to stay in front of your, you know, your prospects. You need to have a really timely message. So whether we're in a bad economy or good economy, whether we're in the summer or the winter, um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of things where you want to, without over-personalizing your ad, you really need to speak to where that person's at mentally, you know, what's going on in their head. Well, around Christmas time, they're thinking about presents. They're thinking about gift giving. Um, in the fall, they're thinking about back to school, back to work. Um, as they're, as you know, hopefully <laughs> at some point we get to travel. But as you get to late spring, people are thinking about travel and vacations and things like that. So you always want to be timing your messages. You always want to be catering your message messages to the conversations that are going on in the heads of your potential prospects and customers. That's a great point. And I think that is something that people, you know, I don't know if that they would say they over overlook it, but they don't spend enough time focusing on it because that's the hard part, right? Like <laughs> the easy part is to, oh, we could target this age group and make this look like audience. And like, you can do that stuff kind of and just do it. But, but really what you're saying is like, look, Facebook is this gigantic company with you know, tons of data, like they, they can pick your audience out and drill things down and do your budgeting way better than you could ever do on your own. So just, you know, don't worry so much about that. Let them handle it. But what you really need to be concerned with is making sure that the ads and the creatives you put up match, you know, the audience that you're going after and especially where they're at, right? Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I think most advertisers, whether they're beginners or advanced, spend way too little time focusing on creative. Um, it's so easy to dive into the, the switches and the dials and, and obsess with finding the perfect audience when in fact, the, the best strategy for, for anybody, whether they're beginning or advanced, is to simply upload a list of your customers to Facebook 
all right? And you're allowed to do that using a feature called custom audiences. You model that audience, it's called a lookalike audience. Um, in the US, you could say, model this audience, give me a 1% lookalike. And what Facebook will do is it will go find two and a half million people that look just like your customers. And then you decide, do I want to drive them to my website? Do I want them to, to, do I want them to watch a video? Um, do I want them to uh, become a lead? You tell Facebook that you want one of those things. You want a website visitor or you want a lead or you want a video of your, okay? Simple, that's audience, that's bidding, all right? That's your objective. What you, got, what you got obsessed about is how many different ways can we tell our story in the newsfeed? Uh, there was another term that Facebook used while I was sitting there. It was called thumb stopping content, right? Everything is mobile these days and people watch and, and, and go through their newsfeed on their mobile phones and their thumb. Their thumb is the driver. It's not a mouse click anymore. It's their thumb. They're scrolling. They're scrolling. Well, with Facebook, you obviously have two parts to your ad. There's the visual element, which can be an image or a video. And then there's the textual elements, like your primary text and your headline. Okay. With, with something like Google advertising, if you've done any Google ads, it's all about what you say. With Facebook ads, it's what you show them first to stop their eyes, to stop the scroll, and then what you say to get them to actually take action. So it's a two, it's a kind of a two-part uh, um, step. It's a, it's a two-step with a Facebook creative versus a one-step with Google. So do I have imagery which stops them, which makes sense, which is in line with what I want them to do? And then, of course, as they continue on to your landing page, do I continue that experience? So what you really need to obsess about is how many different ways can I tell stories and speak to my audience? And what types of creative are people responding to in my audience? Because Tom, if, if you were to go advertise your podcast and I was to go advertise my Facebook agency, you and I would have different messaging, right? Even though we're both in marketing, we would have two different pieces of creative because we have two different objectives in mind. This episode of What's the Secret Podcast is sponsored by Offline Sharks. Offline Sharks, where website designers, social media experts, SEO professionals can get custom software tools and training on how to quickly scale and grow their digital agencies. If you're looking to build reoccurring revenue into your agency and go from one to two clients to six figures and beyond, Offline Sharks is the place to do it. So head over to offlinesharks.com forward slash Tom and start growing your agency today. Yeah, and well, and I think what you said about the images was, you know, another thing that I guess is sort can seem sort of a mystery to somebody who's, you know, newer on the outside looking in is like, you can't just put up some shock image or just some random image. Like it needs to make sense with also what you're saying, but it also needs to be something that stops them. So, do you have any specific, is there any specific tips or guidelines you could give somebody like images that you yeah. think that work better? Absolutely. Um, the very last thing you should try to use is a stock image. Okay. Um, because stock images look like stock images. Everyone knows what they look like. They're unnatural pieces of photography. <laughs> okay. And what happens with that is people are conditioned to go, oh, that must be an ad. 
right? Right. Now, if you think about the real reason people use Facebook, it's to interact with their friends and their family. So what do their eyes, what are their eyes naturally drawn to? Images of people, natural photographs, videos, things like that. Now, I, I run a company called Feed Stories with, with my business partner. We focus in on video advertising because that's what a lot of people are consuming. And if you look at Facebook's platform, how much it's changed, there's a whole Facebook watch channel. Uh, they suggest videos on a frequent basis. There's Facebook stories. There's Instagram videos, Instagram stories. A majority of what people consume on, on social media now is not text, it's video. So if you're going to use images, use natural images. Um, I have found that if you do things like black and white images, stand out, natural images, people smiling, but don't put stock images on your ads because it's just, it's just lazy marketing. Okay. Um, the second thing, again, I mentioned is use video. Uh, video has a number of advantages over images. Number one is with an image, we can't track people that looked at our image. We don't know if people looked at our image, but Facebook is able to tell us how many people watched our video and they're able to tell us how long they watched that video. So I can tell if somebody watched 10% of my video or 100% of my video. Now, when you think about who is a better prospect for my, for my product or service, it's somebody that watched 100% of my video versus you know 10 or 25%. Okay, so we like to use video because it's what is catered to Facebook's newsfeed. It's catered to Instagram's newsfeed, and it absolutely allows you to do way more in terms of tracking and prospecting than just a still image. Well, wow, that's a great tip. I, I didn't know that about the the difference in those. That's that's a really good tip. A couple of things um, that I kind of had marked down. One is so. I know this is probably a big encompassing subject, but maybe you could just give one or two quick tips. If somebody really is looking to pull their story out and get it into an ad, are there certain aspects of their story or business that you find are better to talk about versus others? Um, you know, what's, what's the kind of best approach for that? Yeah, I've, I, it's it's a deeper subject. I, I have a training on my site called Deep Funnel Marketing. It's it's a concept of how to market to people based on where they're at in their customer journey. Um, there's a uh, there's a book by Eugene Schwartz. It was published in 1966 called Breakthrough Advertising, and he talks about the 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 levels of awareness that a customer has about a business. And so part of what I teach um, and what I implement for clients is marketing the, the right content to the right audience at the right time. So you have to consider when you're, when you're developing your creative, it's where are they at in the timeline? Now, I can make this a little bit simpler. Most people are aware of, of funnels. There's top of the funnel, which is really wide. There's middle of funnel where people are kind of going down the path with you and bottom of the funnel where they're ready to make a buying decision. Okay. So go from the bottom up. Somebody who's at the bottom of your funnel knows about your product. They know about you. They've, they've absorbed a lot of your content. They've seen your ads. They've been to your website. What type of content do they need to push them over the edge? Um, is it a promo code? Is it a testimonial? Is it, hey, you, you dropped $100 worth of this product in your cart, and I'm just reminding you to go back and finish your checkout, OK? 
Okay, that's some examples of bottom of funnel content. Middle of funnel content is typically what we call like FAQs, explainers, um, Facebook Live videos even. You are giving information about you, you're giving information about your products and services, you're answering questions, you're showing off case studies, you're, you're making the bridge between um, not knowing you, knowing you, and then letting people know that you have solutions for sale, okay? It's, it's kind of the bridge. Top of the funnel, they don't know you, maybe they don't even know they have a problem. In that part, I always say I like to lead with content. I don't want people necessarily to sell at the top of the funnel. What I want people to do at the top of the funnel is, is tell stories that connect with an audience and pull them in. Um, we, I, what I say is show, don't sell, all right? We've heard of show and tell, show, don't sell, all right? What I want to do is I want to use my top of funnel content to demonstrate my expertise, to let people individually raise their hands and say, yeah, I'm interested in this. I visited your website or I watched a lot of your video. Then I'm gonna show them a little bit more in-depth content middle of the funnel. If at the top of the funnel, Tom, they, they, they don't spend time on my website, they don't watch my videos, I need to push them aside and not worry about them anymore. Okay, so your content is really catered to where they're at on the timeline, and that's going to help you really develop a tight, well-oiled machine because you understand the mentality of each person at different points in their journey. Wow. So many levels <laughs> to all this. Why can't it just be easy, Bob? Why can't you just click some buttons and be successful? <laughs> Well, you can certainly do that, but they call that paying the Facebook stupidity tax, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Um, they're more than willing to let you run a single ad and try to get people to buy on the first click that don't know you. Um, those, those are the types of people I like to compete against in the newsfeed. <laughs> That's good to know. That's good to know. Uh, one other question. So what is, what is something that our What's the Secret listeners could do this week to help them maybe increase their Facebook marketing skills? Like if some, something specific they could be doing? Well, the, the concepts that I've been laying out, I, I don't think I even use the term, but the, the term is retargeting, okay? Um, the first thing I tell people, no matter what, is whether you have run a Facebook ad or not, you need to have a pixel, a Facebook pixel on your website. Okay, um, whether you intend to run an ad next week or run an ad six months from now or even a year from now, the reason you want the pixel on your site is it can start to collect information about your users. Now, the pixel is not just to track Facebook traffic. If you have a good organic or SEO strategy and you're getting traffic to your website, you want not only Google to track that with the analytics, but you want Facebook to track it. Because if you want to expand into Facebook advertising, you have an audience to start with. So you're at a disadvantage if you decide, I want to do Facebook advertising, and you put the pixel on your site, and you've got one day of data. All right, it's really difficult. So the first thing I want people to do is, whether you're using SEO or AdWords or email or direct mail or anything, if you are driving people to a website, get the pixel installed on every page of your site so that you are beginning the process of seeding uh, Facebook with data about your website and your audience, okay? And then the next thing is, I don't want people to necessarily go, all right, I'm gonna go prospect and they focus all their time and effort on top of the funnel activities. 
as you know, Tom, you're a good marketer. Top of funnel advertising is the is the least responsive and the most expensive thing that you do. Okay. It's going to be frustrating for you if you start at the top. I like to start at the bottom. Okay. What I would suggest is if you're going to get started and get really good at Facebook, start at the bottom of the funnel. You've already got customers. You could run Facebook ads to your customers. Can you sell them something else that they that they don't have? All right. If you're an e-commerce business, this should be very easy to do. Okay. If you're a service business, think of a product or a service that they that they definitely need that you could deliver, um, and run ads just to your customers. Facebook allows you to do that. Okay. The second thing I would suggest is go after your unconverted prospects. Most people by now have an email list. You can upload your email list to Facebook and you could run ads to people who already are on your email list but just haven't bought yet. So the first two campaigns that I have anybody run are bottom of funnel retargeting to customers who already know you and have already bought from you. The second one is let's go after prospects who haven't bought from you yet and target them. That's the two that I would start with because it gets you some confidence because you're gonna get higher response rates. Your audiences are smaller, so your costs are less. You're not gonna lose a lot of money. If you can start there, kind of in the safety of your harbor, uh, before you go out to the, the deep and scary ocean waters of, of un, you know, unaware cold prospects, get your house in order, get comfortable in the harbor, safe in your harbor, and then go out to sea. Yeah, that's great advice. That's awesome. Well, listen, Bob, it's been awesome having you on the podcast. Maybe you could tell our What's the Secret listeners where they can go to find out more information about you. Also, any um, upcoming projects you have in the works? Yeah, um, so there's a couple websites, bobbrickneris.com, R-E-G-N-E-R-U-S.com. My main company, though, where I keep uh, a lot of content updated is feedstories.com. That's F-E-E-D stories.com. And as you could tell, you know, part of our company's strategy is using video to tell stories in the newsfeed, um, hence the name Feed Stories. So we focus in on helping people tell their stories, um, and we have ability to do this remote. So even during, during this pandemic, Tom, we're interviewing people uh, over their smartphones, over Zoom, we're creating video, and then we're deploying that video on social media using our deep funnel strategy. So I've got a lot of free training up there. Um, I host regular Facebook office hours. If you have questions and you do Facebook ads by yourself, um, about every two or three weeks, I do an office hours. Come on, no questions asked. Uh, we could answer specific questions about your Facebook account. And I've got videos, I've got training. And then <clears throat> the other thing is in September of this year, 2020, uh, The Ultimate Guide to Facebook Advertising is coming out. It's a book I wrote for Entrepreneur Press along with uh, Perry Marshall and Tom Maloche. Uh, it's kind of a comprehensive a to Z, how do I get started with Facebook ads and how do I do some advanced, deep type of Facebook advertising? So uh, that's up on Amazon right now for pre-order and we'll be launching that uh, late this summer, of course, uh, get people ready for it. And so would love to help anybody out that has questions about Facebook ads. I could talk about this all day. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, and I, by the way, will put links to all those things you just mentioned in the show notes of this episode. And you can find those show notes at tomgaddis.com 
under this episode with Bob. And again, Bob, thanks so much for coming, sharing your expertise, your time with our What's the Secret listeners. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, stay safe. And any, any parting words, anything that I didn't think to ask that you think people should know before we head out? Well, I'll say this, Tom. Next time in Maui, I enjoy stopping by your house and having a Mai Tai on your lanai and enjoying the Maui sunshine. It's a deal. That would be awesome. <laughs> All right, Bob. Thanks so much. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you found it helpful, then please share it with someone else. Just simply share the link or post it on Facebook and say, check this out. Really make my day if you did that. Also, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already so every podcast gets sent straight to you and you don't have to go searching for it. Again, my name's Tom Gaddis, and I'll see you next week on What's the Secret Podcast. Aloha for now, everyone.